weekend. I'm so excited to celebrate all that God has done. This is about gratitude tonight, church. Not what we've done, not what we've been able to accomplish, because if God left it up to us, there probably wouldn't be a lot done. But this is all what He's done in us and through us. And I want to be grateful. Come on, let's lift up another shout of praise and just thank God for all that He has done. We bless you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Amen. Well, you may be seated tonight. We'll get into our text in just a moment. But I wanted us to take some time. I'm all a little bit messed up with our wiring. Uh, I think I'm good now. But as we launched into 2020, everybody was looking forward of what God was getting ready to do. And little did we know all that he was about to do. If I can just be honest for a moment, 2019 was a record-breaking year for us as a church on multiple levels, seeing all that God was doing in and through this house. We were just so grateful. We were charged. We were amped. We were ready for 2020 because it was going to be a year of vision, but little did we know what God had in store. 2020 to me was a year of divine alignment where God brought things into his line, right? So many times we get outside doing our own things, but 2020 was a year of divine alignment. And as a society, society was pulled in polar opposite directions. And the church had the choice to stay centric on the gospel or be divided by everything that was taking place on the outside. And though everything might not have worked out perfectly, I can look back and I say in 2020 that God brought alignment into his church and into his house. And he did incredible things in and through evangel and in and through the church corporately all around our world. And I'm so grateful for all of the things that we got to see God do in and through his body in 2020. Amen. I want you to listen to just a, a little bit of, of data. I, my, my undergrad's in accounting, so I love data. I know most people, they get turned off by data and they can't stand it, but I'm excited, especially when it comes to lives being changed, people's eternities being impacted, people being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, souls being added into heaven. In 2020, what we were able to just document alone on just a, a small level throughout the outreaches and services and everything online, over 880 people received Christ as Savior and Lord through Evangel and the ministries. I'm so thankful. 885 people. We saw dozens baptized in, in water and people transformed and over 37,000 people come through the Samaritan house here at this campus and at the Middleburg campus and receive food, receive love, but most importantly receive prayer and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Over 37,000 different people. To God be all the glory. Every week, thousands upon thousands of people joining us online, worshiping, being part of the services in dozens of nations around the world. I wish we had the map to show you on the screen behind us, but in nations that are closed off, nations where it's illegal to be a Christian, nations that are on the other side of the world, people gathering and worshiping in with our evangel family because we are a global community and thankful for what God is doing. 
and discipleship, pillar number two, building disciples. We saw hundreds and hundreds of people every week join in Sunday school, 450 on, on average, and then that doesn't even count all of our discipleship groups that happen throughout the week. So close to 550, 600 people on a weekly basis sitting in and being discipled in the house of Evangel Temple. Come on, that's something to celebrate that we're not just coming and lifting up our hands, but we're growing and positioning ourselves spiritually. There's a hunger, a thirst, and I'm thankful. Through loving people, we saw so many people joining in and being a part of our E-Track and our E-Connect process and discovering purposes and gifting and talent and their calling within their life and being deployed into ministry so that we could make a difference. And this year, we saw hundreds and hundreds of outreaches take place. From the juvenile facilities, I remember when COVID hit, sitting outside the fence and the, 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 the students at the juvenile facilities inside the fence and Mr. Dean and their team and, and many others be sitting on one side of the fence with a, a megaphone at times or a PA at other times beginning to preach the good news of Jesus and inmates and prisons that were being preached to and ministered to, nursing homes that were gone to that we were able to love on the, the, the first responders from fire home, for firehouses and ERs where we're going and bringing food and coffee to nurses and shift change and just being able to be the hands and feet of Jesus in Jacksonville and the community around us to do an uh, uh, elementary to high school ministry going in and blessing the teachers, the employees, to buying groceries and, and grocery stores at a whole time, just buying out the grocery store and blessing lives. And at, at Christmas time, Mission of Hope, going to car washes and buying all of the car washes for two hours and standing at gas pumps as Evangel Temple, pumping people's tanks full of gas and full of the love of Jesus. Jesus Christ, this is what God did through you. This is what God did through you, Evangel. Not, not brick and mortar, right? Not just a few leaders up here on the stage, but this is what we celebrate that God did through the people of Evangel Temple in 2020, making a difference. In 2020, we gave over $586,000 to missions, and every dollar has an impact from rescuing children in India and human trafficking, to training pastors in unreached areas of our world that we can't name publicly, to providing medical support to those who are needy and needing life-threatening surgeries, to rehabilitating addicts and nations that are completely closed off to the gospel, but we can send Christian rehab programs in because there's a need for people to be delivered of drugs and alcohol and addictive behavior, and we're allowed to go in and support missionaries like Teen Challenge on those fronts and close off nations of our world. Every dollar given by you has an impact and that's why we're so passionate about giving because every dollar has impact it impacts a number and a number represents a soul a soul represents a story and a story that's being added and written in heaven come on these are things to be excited about as a church we gave close to hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the nation of Israel alone and two days ago, we didn't even ask for it, two days ago, Pastor and I, we got a message on Facebook from a family that we sent some funds over that they were living just a very deplorable condition inside of Jerusalem, in a very small room, a family of six, and 
they're needy and hurting and some of the missionaries that we support there were able to go in and help breathe life and bless them and help transform their living situation and it's opened a door to the gospel and now this family is open to be able to even receive the gospel because people like you taking a step of faith to sow, to invest. In 2020, we gave over $100,000 in just local outreach alone through Mission of Hope, the community service outreaches, all of the nursing homes and facilities like that, that we are just able to get out and to be the body of Christ. I'm thankful for all that God did in 2020, right? We had our plans. The devil had his plans, but ultimately God had his plans. And he says, my glory I will give to no other. He's not gonna give it to carved idols. He ain't gonna give it to anything else. And I'm thankful that we were able to be a vehicle to take the good news of Jesus Christ into the community around us here in Jacksonville and Middleburg. Come on, I want you to stand up on your feet right now. And I want us to celebrate all that God has done. Come on, this is what God has done in us and through us. Come on, church. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. Come on, five, four, three, two, one, hit it. Hey, I want y'all to watch this video on the screen just recapping a little of the things that took place in 2020. House of the Lord on the first Sunday of 2020. How many are excited about the new decade? Coronavirus officially hitting the U.S. Here's what we know. Angel Temple family, it's Courtney and Pastor Dan. We just want to thank you for joining us this Easter Sunday. Welcome home. So excited to have you online at Evangel Temple today. It's going to be an awesome day of worship. I don't know what your week has looked like, but I know that Jesus is still on the throne. Now in 2020, the enemy sought to divide the church, even shut down the church through a number of areas. He used politics. He used the virus. He used movements. On and on. to close the church but I've got good news that what Jesus said in the first century still applies to the 21st century that the gates of hell will not prevail against my church because this is where we stand as the church how can I love you if I don't know about you? How is it I can love you if I don't understand your background and your culture? It's Jesus. I don't need to understand you to wash your feet. Amen. 
beautiful days when everything's going great. All the days of my life, I'm talking about when the sun is shining and then when it's raining. I'm talking about when you have a bad report from a doctor and when you get the clear, the clear report. We, we got to stop right there and take a praise break. I want you to stand up. What's happening with Pastor Gary and his family, don't let those chains fool you. I said, don't let those chains fool you. I promise you, God will get glory out of it and it will be to the fervence of the gospel. And out of it, you will become confident and there will be a boldness in this house that no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. If you believe it, I want you to stand to your feet and begin to give God a radical praise in Jesus' mighty name. may not have been what we thought it was going to be and all that we wanted it to be but God had glory and God did an incredible thing and we saw great things come out of it I want us to stop and just celebrate Father we thank you God we thank you we thank you that even it might not have been what we planned God you worked you changed you transformed and God you showed up and you showed out in 2020 but church it doesn't stop right there Amen. God is calling us forward. He's calling us which way? He's calling us which way? He's calling us forward to forget the former things, right? He says, behold, he is doing a new thing. That he's doing a new thing. All things that he does, he has created new. That the former, it passes away. And behold, all things are new in Christ Jesus. Amen. See, God has not called us, you can be seated, as the church, to go around like a theme park and go from ride to ride to be entertained. As much as I love Disney World, Christianity is not a theme park experience focused on me, on my entertainment, right? On my emotional well-being. God is not here to entertain us. God has placed us on this earth to be salt, to be light, to be a vessel used by him and for him to see kingdom expansion. That's what he has placed us on this world to do, is to see kingdom expansion. It's not about us at the end of the day. And at Vangel, we exist to make a difference. difference. Serving is the identity of the Savior. Therefore, it must be the identity of the believer. I'm going to say that again. Serving is the identity of the Savior. Therefore, it must be the identity of the believer. At Evangel Temple, we lead by serving. From the parking lot to the pulpit and everywhere in between, we serve. Everyone serves. Everyone can serve. Everyone should serve. Why? Because that's his identity. And if we have his identity, we're Imago Dei, made in his image, it should be our identity as well. And in 2021, God is calling us forward. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. 
How many of you are thankful that God said that it came to pass? The past is the past. How many of you are thankful that the past is the past? That our God's not in the business of bringing up the past to make us identify with the past because of all the things that we've done in the past and what the past would define us as. But he says he is doing a new thing. I love that scripture that says it came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Right? It did not come to stay. 2020 did not come to stay. Yes, it may have flipped a chapter in the history of the world. Yes, it may have flipped a chapter in the history books of the church. But it did not come to stay. It came to pass as the former things have come to pass. Someone needs to get a hold of this scripture tonight. Because we cannot as the church move forward if we're living in yesterday's winds. We can't move forward as the church if we live in yesterday's wins. We can't move forward as the church if we're living in yesterday's losses. We can't move forward as individuals if we live in yesterday's wins. I always love hearing the stories. Well, when I was that old, well, when I was in high school, well, when I was 20, well, when I was 30, we cannot live in yesterday's successes and be successful today. It came to pass, and behold, he is doing a new thing. We can't live in yesterday's achievements, failures, or pains. God is calling us to be faithful in the moment he has placed us in. It all came to pass, and new things, I now declare, they spring, for, they, they spring forth before us. God is calling us forward into 2021, calling us to see souls saved, to see the hundreds of thousands that pastor mentioned this morning that are in Jacksonville, Florida, that are completely unchurched, closer to a million people that are out of church, to see them be a part of his church, to see God's kingdom expanded. And what happened yesterday is just a tip of the iceberg of where God has taken us. I want you to know that. We're dreaming. We're planning. We need an army of people who will rise up and be alongside with us and move forward and help us see this community engaged. More communities to be loved on, more parks to be reached, more people to see their lives transformed. And people that don't even want it, guess what? They're going to get it. People that don't even want it, they're going to get it. People that want to run the other way, we're going to love them. Pastor Choco, when he was here a few years ago, he said, we're going to love the devil out of people, but he used a different word. We're going to love the devil out of them, even the people that don't even want it. I love what Jeremiah 29, 7 says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Another version says where I've sent you to be a captive. Guess what? We're captive to Jacksonville, Florida. We're here. God has planted us, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. God has called us. God has planted us. And you know what he says? Seek the welfare. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. You know what that means? As we go out into the community and as we seek the welfare of the community that God has placed us in, as we work for the good of the land, as we work for the good of the people that are around us, as we work for the good of our neighbors, as we work for the good of the people that don't like us, people that we would not typically be drawn to, as we work for their good, God says that we will find our welfare. We will find our good. New things, they're getting ready to spring forth. But the devil doesn't want it. He wants us to live in defense mode. And how many of you know that's where most Christians, they reside? 
in defense mode. Most people within the body of Christ, they don't live on the offensive, but they live in the defensive, waiting for life to come, waiting for things to happen, always protecting and praying over God, keep these things from me. They're not out on the front lines taking territory. And while I love defense, and that was what I always got most awarded for in basketball when I played. I played middle school and high school. I knew I didn't have a, a future collegiately. I was five foot seven, right? I was better at academics than I was at, at athletics. So I, I, I kind of cut the losses and went into academics at that point. But there wasn't going to be a person out on the floor that was going to out-hustle me. There wasn't going to be a person. I might not have been the most talented. I didn't start because I was the best basketball player. I started or I'd be on the court because I was going to be the one who hustled the most. I would play the hardest on defense. And you would hear coaches often say, hey, defense wins ball games." But listen to this. If we don't get points up on the board, we ain't going to win the game. And if the church don't get out of defensive mode and into the offensive mode, we're not going to win our city. If we're always talking about how bad politics is going to collide on the church and what the people in, the, in Washington, D.C., what they might do or what they are doing or what they will do based upon who's being elected, we're not going to see points added to the scoreboard. And that's what God is calling us to do, is see points added to the scoreboard, to see souls added to the kingdom. And that only happens, not when we hold signs and pick at all of the bad things, but when we go and we love our neighbor as ourself. When we engage the community, when we seek the welfare of the city that he has placed us in. He's calling us forward into 2021 to take territory. And to do that, even though we might not know what it all looks like, we got to take steps of faith into the promised land. Even when it might be unsure, even when it might not look good, we got to keep moving forward as the church. Philippians 2, 5 and 11 says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Let that sink in. Equality with God was nothing to Jesus. Like being God, like, hey, fire on that person. I don't like them today. They're dead. They're gone, right? Like, hey, let's bless that person for the good that they're doing, or let's move this mountain right here. He didn't count his omnipotence, all the power that he has. He did not account equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but listen to this. It says, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in a human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. If we're gonna make a difference, we gotta find the identity of the Savior. This can be a whole sermon series within itself. And Paul, he gives us a glimpse into the mindset of Jesus. Many theologians will tell you that Philippians is the happiest book of the Bible. And this is almost a no-brainer. That if we have the mind of Christ, then we will be the most joyful of people. Right? I'm going to say that again. If we have the mind of Christ, we will be the most joyful of people. That's what theologians call Philippians, the happiest, the most joyful book in the Bible. And what does it say Christ did? What does it say his mindset was? One of emptying himself. 
He did not count equality with God something to be grasped. Even though he was God, he wasn't holding on to it. How often do we try to hold on to ourselves? We hold on to our dignity. We hold on to our, our status. We're so concerned by what the outside thinks of us because we're caught up in ourselves, worried about ourselves. But if we stay there, we're just going to lose ourselves. Not Jesus. The scripture says he emptied himself. I love what Paul says. He would be poured out like a drink offering. John 3.30 would say, he must increase and I must decrease. And if we're going to make a difference, it starts with us emptying ourselves and understanding it's not about ourselves. Uh, my, my, my master's is in organizational leadership. And as you study leadership, they'll tell you the most transformational type of leadership is that of servant leadership. That of servant leadership, that the goal of the servant leader is not just to lead people, right? They're not just leading people from point A to point B. But the goal of the servant leader is to see people transformed. The goal of the servant leader is to see people find a new identity, to see their identity changed and transformed. And this is who Jesus was. He was the master of servant leadership. He was the master of transformation. If we want to bring, make a, if we want to see transformation, if we want to make a difference, we cannot do things the way the world does things. We can't do it the way the world does things. We must serve to make a difference. And at Evangel Temple, to make a difference, that's how we do it. We serve. Jesus, in John chapter 13, he gets down on his hands, his knees, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And if you read through the Bible, the New Testament, the only time you will ever see in Scripture where Jesus says, I have given you an example to follow in, was when he was serving. The only point, the only reference that Jesus says, I've given you an example, do what I did, is when he washed the disciples' feet and he began to serve them. In order to make a difference, we must serve. Jesus said a servant is not greater than his master. And if our master, the creator of the universe, the Lord of all creation, if he got down on his hands and his feet and began to wash the disciples' feet, how much more should we find our identity in serving? In order to make a difference, we must serve. But also in order to make a difference, we must have the mind of Christ. To make a difference, our mind must be renewed. Romans 12 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. How is your mind renewed? Presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. Waking up and saying, God, every day I exist to bring you glory. Every day, God, I exist to make a difference. God, I exist to honor you. God, I exist to make your great name known in all of the earth. God, I exist to serve and to give of myself, to love my fellow neighbor, to love my fellow man. That I don't exist for myself. I exist for his glory. We cannot be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How do we get there? By jumping into the word of God. But to make a difference as well, our mind must be sound. I love what 2 Timothy says, and if the worship team, if you would go ahead and come to the stage. 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul writing to Timothy. Obviously, Timothy, he's a young minister at this point. 
and it can be very intimidating if you are leading a large group of people, an older group of people, people who have been doing this thing a lot longer than you. And guess what Paul writes to him? He says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. If we wanna make a difference in 2021, our mind cannot be unsteady. Our mind has to be sound. Sound. And one of the things that you will see the enemy attacking the most in our day and age that you hear a lot about is people's mental state, their emotional well-being. And, and, and Paul is saying God did not give us that spirit of fear. He did not give us a spirit of anxiety. He did not give us a spirit. So stop identifying with those things that he did not give you. Too many times I hear the church claiming things that God never gave us. He didn't tell us to claim those things, yet we claim and we attach them to ourselves. No, God did not give us a spirit of fear. We quote our anxiety, our depression, our all of this more than we say, no, our sound mind in Christ Jesus. He did not give us that spirit of fear but a power of love and a sound mind. And if we're gonna make a difference in 2021, we gotta have a sound mind, a mind that is centered on the things of God. As Christians, we cannot make a difference when we're bound by insecurity, when we're bound by fear. Am I gonna let faith steer my ship or am I gonna let fear steer my ship, right? It's gonna take us to two total different destinations. I just wanna let faith as my pilot to steer my ship, amen? God ain't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, Acts 1-8, but you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We can only make significant impact through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Every day, we must surrender ourselves to him if we're gonna make a difference in 2021. Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Breathe upon us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this house to have a renewed mind, a sound mind, an identity that serves, to surrender, to give of ourselves. We exist for you, Father. We exist for you. We exist. Come on, just slip up your hands. I wasn't planning on pausing here, but I want us to take a moment and I want us just to surrender ourselves to him this, this evening. Before we move forward, Father, we're here. We surrender to serve, to have our minds renewed so that we can serve, to have a mind that sounds so that we can serve. We give ourselves to you, Holy Spirit. We give ourselves. So how do we make a difference practically? Number one, personally. I wanna break it down into two areas. Number one is personally. Every day we live, we live unto the Lord. Amen? We don't ask what's best for Jordan. We don't ask what's best for ourselves. We ask God what brings glory to your name. What am I gonna do today to bring glory to God's name? Simple. What am I going to do today? If I'm going to live to make a difference in the world around me, what am I going to do today to bring glory and honor to the name of Christ? We live on mission at home with our family. We live on mission at work. We live on mission in the ballparks, right? We don't just go do an outreach with our church community on a Saturday and do a outreach at a ballpark, but then when we're there at the ballpark, we live on mission. 
when it's not fair what happens to our kid when we're out on the field, we live on mission and we don't let the umps or the refs have a piece of our mind, amen? I know y'all parents. I grew up on the baseball fields. I heard mamas and daddies giving pieces of their mind and a lot more than that. They need to hold on to all their mind because they didn't have much to give, yet they gave it away anyways. Personally, we live into the Lord on mission at home, at work. But then corporately, I believe in our time for our personal, that's what we've got to do personally. We've got to, we've got to live it out personally each and every day. But then corporately, we're so much better together, right? When we pull our resources together, when we serve with one another, when we team up and we link arms, we serve hand in hand, there's no end to the good that we can do. Yesterday I calculated it, because that's where my mind goes, right? If we had 250 people out there that served on average anywhere from four to six hours, we put in 1,000 to 1,250 labor hours in one day. 1,000 to 1,250 labor hours in one day. Why? Because we linked up together. Those were free labor hours, volunteer labor hours, where they would have had to pay skilled people to come in and to do the very things. And it's not even done because we've got companies that said, hey, we want to be a part of it. And one of the systems, there's an HVAC system at one of the parks that's not working. And one of the companies that's, the owner comes to church here, he said, hey, we're going to go in and we'll take care of, of that, a several thousand dollar situation that's going to happen. Why? Because we, we said, hey, we're here to rise up to the occasion and help out. So when we link our arms corporately, there's no reason Jacksonville should not be saved. I'm telling you what happened yesterday is just the tip of the iceberg of what God is going to take us into in 2021. We are going to see incredible things, things the world might call outrageous, but we are gonna see incredible things take place in and through this church, and we're gonna make everybody uncomfortable until you're involved in serving. I'd rather you be uncomfortable here than standing before his throne there. Right? That's the choice. If I live uncomfortable here, I don't have to be uncomfortable there. And so I'd rather help you be uncomfortable here, getting outside of ourselves and to begin serving. I'm done living on defense, church. It's time to take territory. It's time to take ground. And that's where we're going in 2021. If you'll go ahead and stand with me tonight. At Evangel Temple, we exist to make a difference. We exist to, number one, help people encounter Jesus. Number two, build disciples. Number three, love people. Number four, to make a difference. It's a revolving door. That as we do that, people are gonna go back to step one. They're gonna be spiritually discipled. They're gonna discover their purpose. Then they're gonna make a difference. And then they're gonna help more people encounter Jesus. They're gonna see people grow spiritually. They're gonna see people discover their purpose. Then they're gonna make a difference. It's a revolving door that just keeps repeating itself as long as we say, hey, we're available, God. Here I am. Here I am. And that's my question for you tonight. Are you available? Are you available to make a difference? Tonight, it's not just a party out in the lobby. We kind of rigged it just a little bit. It's more intentional. Yeah, we want to celebrate all that God's done. But on March 27th, we need everybody. We need everybody 
to be at the ballparks helping out to make a difference. So we've got sign-ups out in the lobby for you tonight. It's all themed like a baseball park because guess where we're going on March 27th? Out to the baseball park. Take me out to the ball game, baby. We'll buy you some Cracker Jacks. We need you. But more than we need you, they need you. They need you. They need you. So are you available? Are you available? March 27th, just so you can see the plan behind this. Trying to be strategic in what we're doing. It's eight days before Easter. So what do you think we're going to be doing on March 27th? We are going to be targeting every single person to come and to worship on Easter Sunday in this house. And we are gonna put it, things in their hands, tickets in their hands that are gonna say, hey, come, bring this ticket. And on Easter Sunday, we're actually gonna be doing some giveaways for some of the people that are here to help draw people back in because we believe the message is so life-changing and transforming that if we can just get them one time here in the house of the Lord, they will step one, encounter Jesus. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. So tonight, are you available? I'm gonna pray over us. And if you need prayer in your life, our pastoral team, our spiritual team, they'll be down here to pray with you. But I want us to go out into the lobby in just a moment. Altars are always open, because this is where life change happens at, right? And so I wanna invite you, if you need prayer tonight, I want you to come down to the altar and our, our, our pastors, our leaders are across. If you, if you need help in taking that next step spiritually, if you need to surrender your life to the Lord, let's not wait for another moment. Let's take care of it tonight. But we've got a job to do, amen. We've got business to take care of in our city. So Father, we come before you tonight and we thank you for all that you are doing. Father, we thank you that you've chosen us. You've positioned us. God, you've equipped us. You've given us resources. God, and we want to bring those things and we want to present it like the little lad presented his five loaves and two fish, all that he had. God, we bring our resources to you tonight. We're offering it up because you can do so much more with what we have than we can do with what we have. We give it to you, O oh Lord. We give it to you, and we ask that you would use us, empower us to make a difference this year in the lives around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, we're gonna close out and sing in one song tonight. Then it's time to go out and let's party together out in the lobby. Come awaken the people. Come awaken the city. God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. I hear the chains hit the ground. Oh, God of revival, pour it out. Pour it out.